Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. It's me, your host. Hi, everyone. Are you fucking tired of me yet? Um, I'm late. I know. Let me explain what happened. First of all, I recorded. The video was distorted. I couldn't recover it. I do have a history in photography. I know how to recover clips on a memory card, blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring, boring. Couldn't do it. So I'm re-recording it with, re-recording it with, with, (laughs) oh my God, re-recording it with just audio. And then, I don't know, I have to figure out why that happened. It could be because I drop my memory cards all the time. I'm going to order a new one and get it situated. How are you guys? (laughs) Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Okay, this episode, let me tell you what's going on. And then we'll, you know, do the thing. This episode, we're talking about why I don't want to have kids, why people don't want to have kids, the whole, that whole topic, the whole not having, choosing to not have kids or trying to choose and the shame that comes with it. So... I don't want anyone to get triggered or upset because this is, I know that a lot of times when people talk about not having kids, it comes with a lot of shame to people choosing to have kids and kind of it like, it's a very quick pipeline to shaming parents. That's not what this is about because I see that on TikTok often. And I know we previously discussed this and it came up a little bit. I think I asked you in the, I didn't listen to the last episode, so I can't remember, but I think I asked you in the last episode if you even want to do this topic. And I received tons of messages that you guys want to discuss this, not only from people who also don't want to have kids, but from mothers, which I thought was really, really sweet. I appreciate that because I feel like sometimes, I really like it when moms respect my decision and don't get fucking weird with me about it or shamey with me about it and are open to the conversation. I also really, really, really respect when there's parents who are like, listen, don't recommend. (laughs) So I love that. And and I thank you very much. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about. But before the heavy stuff, I just wanted to give you a warning. I'm going to keep it respectful. But before we get into that, Let's go over drinks and hot topics. Okay. I just have ice water trying to be, you know, trying to drink more water. I was just talking to my mom about that. We, all of us, we don't drink enough water. Do you guys drink a lot of water? I do my best, but holy shit, is it hard? Like if it's not a seltzer, I just, I'll, I'll have a couple of days where I'm super hydrated, fucking hydrated, bro, and totally into it. And then that's it. (laughs) Back to just iced coffees and seltzers. And not seltzer all day where you could say hydrated, like hanging on by a string type of shit. I also have an iced coffee. (laughs) I have one of those Alani New Coffees. I think I showed it to you, right? We went over this. I still have some because they sent me that whole case. I'm drinking that. Um, To be honest with you, between us... I like it. I just wasn't in the mood for it today, but I didn't replenish my cold brew. I started making my own cold brew. I have this cold brew thing 
I'll put it on my Amazon store if you want. Um, I originally ordered it for my sisters. They never used it. My mom gave it back to me. And I make my own cold brew. It is so good. I use Folgers coffee. I love Folgers coffee. I just use that and it's so good. So let me know if you want that. Send me a DM. I'll show you where I got it. I just got it on Amazon. I, You could probably just type in cold brew maker. But I'll put it on the podcast list anyway. That's what I'm drinking. Um, I wanted to ask you. I guess I could do a poll. I should have done a poll before recording. But whatever. We're here now. Let me know. Um, do you, because I feel like it makes the episode so long. Do you like when we do hot topics first and then get into the main topic? Or should I start separating it and doing hot topics separately and then main top? Like, let me know what you think. I don't know. You know how it is. I mean, we're only on episode 25. I'm still working out the kinks. I'm sure it's going to take time before we're in a really great flow of things. And I've reiterated this a million times. My main priority is just showing up every week and doing what I can to make it better each week. Like right now, I'm redoing my room. I decided to also redo my bathroom. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Let's do the personal. I I said I was going to do hot topics. I guess we're going to do personal updates first. I am the type of person that hates to shower. Now, wait, it doesn't mean I don't shower. Most people would say that I smell great, okay? I do shower. I do the self-care. I obviously am heavy into skincare. I do all the things, but I don't fucking like it. And I don't know if it's because I'm not in love with my bathroom, which sounds insane. (laughs) I have my own bathroom in my own room. Like, my bathroom's in my room, okay? It's like I have my own private living space in this house. And it's a beautiful bathroom. It's brand new. I don't know what my fucking problem is. I think it's just, well, first of all, I work and live here. Okay. So I don't get a lot of separation and I don't have the type of job where I can go to like a coffee shop or to try to separate my work and home. This is how I separate it. I don't really come in here unless I'm doing something for work. It doubles as like a dressing room, I guess. And, um... Anyway, when you stare at the same decor all of the time, it gets dry. Do you know what I mean by that? I think it's very hard to understand unless you've done it for years. I don't know. And I don't want to come off spoiled. I am. I'm spoiled, entitled, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I fucking know how stupid this sounds. But I'm just tired of seeing it. (laughs) I'm just tired of seeing the way it is. Right now, it's like a pale blue. And I loved it when we first moved in. We moved in last year. I loved it. But now I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm coming into my own. I think I'm learning what my decor style really is. And I want to make it pink. <laughs> I want to make it more girly. I don't know if I'm going to follow through with that because I I was thinking I'll paint it pink. And then I was like, wait, my the fucking cabinets. I'm going to paint the cabinets too. I don't know if I'm a cabinet painter type of person. So I just re- decided to like pretty much redo everything. And the reason it's taking so long is because I'm fucking annoying. And I love to find vintage stuff, okay? Half the reason the whole house isn't decorated is because I'm annoying. I source source vintage pieces. I'm obsessed with it. I love thrifting. I love vintage. I'm obsessed. I love anything secondhand. I'm always on Marketplace. I'm not on OfferUp, but I should be. I I keep forgetting to download that. Um... 
eBay, you name it, I'm doing it. But it takes longer because you got to find your pieces. Okay. So I'm trying to work on making the room. It's a great room, but I have to paint it. I have to redo it. I'm still sourcing things and it's just going to take a little bit. I'm not upset about that though, because I just feel like that's part of the fun. I feel like when you rush through things, which I've done for a majority of my life, you miss out on the growing, the joy of the growing experience. I feel like you get, I feel like you respect your changes more when you're in the moment versus being so tunnel visioned and stressed to the point of disassociating you don't really get to absorb it. I feel like when you take your time and absorb it and curate pieces instead of like Amazoning a black vase, like it just doesn't hold the same value to me personally. Obviously, I'm going to Amazon stuff, you know, but the decor pieces and artworks, like there's things I want to make, there's things I want to recycle, there's things I want to thrift. So it's going to take longer. So that's what's going on. Um... I'm, my, I'm looking at my room right now. It's a fucking disaster. Oh my God. And what did I do yesterday? Oh, yesterday we took Cher to get groomed. I think I've told you guys this before. We sit outside. Yes, we do. We sit outside the whole time she gets groomed just to make sure that nobody runs off with my baby. <laughs> fucking helicopter. I'm a full blown helicopter mom. The irony of us discussing kids today. I'm full blown helicopter mom. Okay, like, I don't think it could get worse than me. I really don't. I don't think you could be more hands-on and and helicopter than I am. There's no exaggeration. When I say things like she is my child, there is no exaggeration to that. That's how I feel. That's how unhinged I am. She is my child. I am a helicopter mom. What I say goes. (laughs) So we sat outside and waited for her, but we, we make a lot of fun of it. We get bagels, blah, 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 you know. It's like a fucking afternoon date for us. And also what I did was I messaged this designer from from New York City. She's from Rhode Island, but she lives in the city now. I found her on TikTok probably because of my interests, because I love upcycling and thrifting. She creates fashion pieces from garbage. Obviously not like disgusting food garbage, but the plastics, the stuff you get rid of, the things people throw out. She'll make fashion pieces, clothing pieces from those materials. And they're very cute. She's got a great TikTok account. Her name is Anna uh, Molinero. Hold on. I'll pull it up. Her name is Anna. Okay. So I had 40,000 of those little tote bags that you get when you're food shopping or from Target. You know how they have those little, like, I don't know if they're plastic or what. I don't know what the fuck they're made out of. But they're the smaller tote bags that are five cents each, and you get them when you're shopping if you don't bring your tote. We ended up with so many when we moved because when we were moving and we had to go to stores and stuff, and our stuff were in boxes, and it was just a fucking disaster. I ended up with tons of these tote bags, like way too many. And mind you, I still have some here. I still have some. I have the ones I reuse. I have the Trader Joe's one, you know. I have plenty for us to use and take to the stores and whatever. But I ended up with so many of these. I didn't know what to do with them. I was gonna put them on Marketplace 
figuring maybe someone else can use them. Like, what am I going to do with 400 fucking of these little, little totes? Anyway, she popped up on my TikTok and I was like, oh, maybe she'll take them. I don't know if this was weird of me, but I was thinking if it's going to go anywhere, why not contribute to an artist in the city? So I messaged her and I sent her pictures of them so that way she can decide for herself. Um, and they were clean. I mean, these are tote bags we used one time from the store and I folded and put them away like and to, to never be seen again. They were spotless. I sent her pictures. She said yes. So I said, I'm going to be in Manhattan for such and such. Um, if you want to meet me here, I'll give you, I'll put them in a, a bag and condense them so you can carry them back. And she did. We met up. She is so lovely, so beautiful, so kind, really creative. She's working hard. And I'm so happy I was able to give them to her. I don't, she said as well, she doesn't know when she's going to be able to use them. But she appreciates them. She's making tons of pieces. She's going to be working New York Fashion Week. I mean, she's got a lot going on. And I feel like fashion is headed in that direction of upcycling just because there is too much of everything at this point. There's just too much of everything. And I also find it to be extremely creative. I love it. I love things that are handmade, upcycled, thrifted, anything that could be reused. It's one of my little passions. So I was so happy I got to do that. I want to share it with you guys. I'll share her Instagram and her TikTok on the podcast Instagram. It's at my big sister's podcast. I'm going to pull it up after this. Oh, do you hear that? Hold on. Share Anna's IG. I got to write it down. You know my notepad. Do you hear that? Share is flipping out. We're probably getting a package. She was just sleeping, but as soon as a delivery person comes, she is a guard dog. She sounds like a fierce, wild beast when somebody is near the door. So I bet we're getting a package. Okay, so that's what I did. And I wanted to share it with you guys because, listen, I'm not about to bash anyone for fast fashion or whatever it may be. I get it. Things are the way they are for reasons far beyond our control at this point. But I would like to encourage that if you can thrift it, if you can upcycle it, if you can, you know, if you can. I fully, that's what I want to influence. Like, I'm a goodwill person. I am not above any of that, okay? And neither are you. Nobody is. It is so cool to thrift. It is so cool to upcycle instead of purchasing new. So if there's any, you also save a ton of money, by the way. Like, I found a very expensive table. (laughs) I have a beautiful Carl Springer table that should cost $800, in the vintage world. I found it for 75, honey. Okay. <laughs> it takes time to source stuff. So I know that's not always doable, but if you can secondhand, I really encourage it. And it's really fun too. Let's move on. Um, so that's what I was doing. That's what's going on. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to make this more of a podcast friendly place so we can get into interviews and make it, you know, a comfortable space for me to also work in. So I don't fucking hate being in here and my bathroom as well. Um, Okay, let's move into hot topics. Number one, I'm going to go through this quickly. Idaho 4, we found out, okay, are you following the case? The Idaho 4, the suspect, Brian Koberger, he's on trial right now. They're pretty sure it's him. DNA evidence. They uncovered that he DM'd one of the suspects over and over and over again. Hey, hey, hi, hi. You know that type? You know the type. This is not new. 
This is something that goes on for years now of guys doing this, of men. Hi, hi, hey, hey. I don't know if he sent her anything else. That's that's the only bit of information I caught on to that he messaged her over and over again. Kaylee is also one of the victims that seemed the most targeted by the wounds on her. So if you follow true crime or forensics at all, stab wounds and attacks by a knife are typically personal, passionate, you know, targeted. It it's not it's not as what are, what are the words? It just it's more personal, right? Her wounds showed that she was definitely the one targeted. She was also the one he was DMing over and over again. So I posted on my personal Instagram account. If some motherfucker is DMing you over and over and over again, share it with somebody. Tell someone. Because these are the levels that we have graduated to. This case is just one of the ones that blew up on social media. But this is not the only case. That's what we need to realize as well. This is just one of the ones that made it to social media because four white young people were attacked and brutally murdered. However, this is not the only time this has happened. It's just, it's not, it's not. The reality is it happens a lot. It's easier to do so because it's easier to locate people on social media. I've shoved this down your throat many times. Be careful with what you share. Be careful with what you're posting. I, even as an influencer, like, I think it's crazy to share anything about your location and what you're doing. Share it after you leave. Document it, post it the next day. Who cares when it was? And if you're not an influencer, be private. I don't understand having a public account if you're not even an an influencer. It's safer to have a private one. Make a private account. It's way more cool, by the way. (laughs) If I didn't have brands that needed my account because they run ads through my photos and blah, blah, blah. Um, It's just influencership. But if I could be private, I would be private. It's just, it's too late for me now. But if you can't, if you're not an influencer, be private. Make your account private. So I wanted to go over that. Next, rest in peace, Lisa Marie Presley. (gasps) Ah. Do you like the Presleys? I know that Elvis Presley is extremely controversial because I think we've talked about this because I saw the Elvis movie. Um, I know that it's controversial. I'm aware. I know about all. I know that he had stolen songs from black artists and other things. Like I think there's cultural appropriation from indigenous people. I I read that once. I'm not so sure how valid that. I don't know. You can always correct me if you want. Um, you can always set me straight. I'm open to learning. He also is known to be a pedophile. All of these things, right? I'm aware of that. Um, What are my views on it? Well, I don't necessarily feel for Elvis because I don't even think he's a person that Like, we don't need to. Like, I don't need to have compassion for him specifically. I don't need to. Like, I don't need to. I wasn't, like, raised listening to Elvis music. I think we've all listened to Elvis music against our will. (laughs) 
<laughs> because isn't it used that I feel like there's fucking Elvis songs everywhere. After learning about his story and seeing the movie, I'm like, there's fucking Elvis songs everywhere. There's songs that I didn't even know were Elvis everywhere. It's like constant. Um, So it's just hard. He's a part of American history now, right? Like, it's just hard to not be somewhat aligned or have him somewhere in your childhood growing up because he was so famous at one point, right? I also think that I feel like I could appreciate the movie separate from the artist. I don't know if that's bad. You can tell me. But I just, because he wasn't even in the movie. Like, it was different actors. He's long been dead. Um, yeah. Anyway, the only people who were benefiting from it are the women he left behind. And in my opinion, I'm like, well, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> Pr- Priscilla deserves it. Lisa Marie deserves it. They deserved what he left behind as in funds because they were subjected to the shit he put them through. That's my point of view. Lisa Marie Presley died. She was 54 years old. She died of a heart attack. She died, I think it was two days or less than 48 hours after the, was it the Golden Globes? The Golden Globes where Austin Butler won a Golden Globe for the Elvis movie and he specifically thanked Lisa Marie in the room in front of everyone uh, and it was beautiful and she cried and I think he deserved to win when we could talk about that as well I think he did a great job okay he did a great job like the movie's fantastic did you see it I'm also a Baz fan though like I love Great Gatsby I love Moulin Rouge any movie Baz puts out I'm gonna watch um I thought he did great. I think he deserved to win. Let me know what you think. But I thought it was so upsetting that she passed. I didn't like cry or anything, but so sad. It's only because it's so weird to see something so public and then shortly after they pass. And it's the whole story as well. She died from the same thing her dad supposedly died from, from the same thing his mom supposedly died from. So heart disease runs in her family. Also... Her son died in 2020, July of 2020. Trigger warning from suicide. Oh my God. And she, I mean, obviously she has just been devastated ever since. Not the same. Really struggling with that. And I just feel like she had, I mean, she had a lot to her life, but I feel like even though she's famous, rich, was famous, was rich, she had a hard life. A really, like, it's challenging to have a parent, first of all, living in their spotlight, but a controversial one who did stuff that she had no control over what he did, right? Also, her, she married Michael Jackson, her ex. A husband died. She really loved her, her ex-husband. She loved him. I think she had a hard life and I think it's very sad that she passed early. A lot of people, the reason why I wanted to talk about it though, a lot of people were saying that, first of all, assuming that she died from the vaccine. Oh my God, I fucking can't. <laughs> I fucking can't with these cons- conspiracies. One, I don't think all conspiracies are crazy, right? I mean, JFK, like let's be for real here. But I just think like, there's a time and a place for things like some things are kitchen table talk. Okay. Obviously there's conspiracies that are so big that 
it's worth mentioning on public spaces because you have to, like Jeffrey Epstein. If no one talked about it, we would never know. I mean, he did terrible things and we should know who the fuck are on these lists and blah, 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 because it has to do with child sex trafficking, right? But then there's some that are like, okay, like this part, what? You can't use everything for your narrative. This person just died. She's still human. And instead of just, oh my God, rest in peace, bringing the fucking vaccines into it. Oh my God, all these people dying from vaccines. Listen, if she was completely healthy and there wasn't all of these other things going on, you would have a listening ear that's like, oh, wait, what? She got the vaccine and now she suddenly died? When no one even knows if she got the vaccine, no one even knows. No, what people do know is that her family has a history of heart disease, okay? She had a history of drug abuse, and she also lost her son in 2020. So, you know, like, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. It's probably what they said it was, a fucking heart attack because of her own life, not because of a vaccine. We don't even know if she's been vaccinated. And I understand the arguments of, first of all, not like me to discuss anything political, but I don't feel like this is political. I just feel like it's the difference between having decorum and not, like online etiquette, social media etiquette. There's just some things you don't need to do. She already fucking passed. There's other people, there's other things you can bring into your conspiracy theories, but a woman who just passed, she's still got... The other thing is she's got other kids. This is somebody's mom. This is somebody's fucking parent. And you're immediately talking about, it's from the vaccine. Okay, okay. But talk about it with your friends. Don't put it on spaces where her kids could probably see it. Like, I fucking can't. People need to learn social media etiquette. (laughs) Can you tell I have lack of patience today? (laughs) I just have so many spinning plates at once. I have my period. I'm fucking cranky. Okay, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, is this an Elvis episode? No, it's not. The other thing, anyway, rest in peace, Lisa Marie. I think it's very sad. I think it's sad that she's so young and has other kids. She just lost her kid. And also, it just came out that a couple of days ago when she visited her son's gravesite, she mentioned she wants to be buried next to him. Also, people were spotting that she didn't look well on the red carpet. <clears throat> I agree with that, by the way. Um, however, I, to me, personally, in my opinion, to me, she didn't look like she was on drugs or drunk. Because when she was speaking, she didn't give slurring. She didn't give on drugs to me. To me, I think she was already having precursors to a heart attack. If you don't know a lot about heart attacks and strokes, you could show signs before you actually have the big event. You can have mini ones before you have the big event. And that's what it looks like. It looks like gray skin. It looks like sweating. It looks like not being able to stand. It looks like feeling sick. It feels like a stomach ache. 
those things, that's what happens. To me, I think she was showing signs of what was happening, maybe heart failure or something prior to the big events. And maybe no one noticed. Maybe she didn't care. Maybe she maybe she did know and had a doctor's appointment lined up. I mean, we weren't in the room. We don't know. But that's what I observed from it. Um, and I just thought it was so, so rude and tasteless so many people getting into the whole vaccine conversation have the vaccine conversations i think that people should question things and but i just think there's a time and a place like discuss that with your friends you don't need to discuss that on the internet after someone died literally five seconds ago it took minutes for people to start bringing that up that to me is just crazy absolutely crazy the other part i wanted to discuss (laughs) part two to to el to the elvis pot no i'm just kidding it's not an elvis episode But the other part I wanted to discuss is Austin Butler. First of all, between you and me, and if you tell anyone, I'll deny it, okay? If you fucking tell anyone I said this, I'll fucking deny it. But I have a crush on him. He is one of my current celebrity crushes, him and Brendan Fraser. (laughs) Okay? I didn't expect it either. I remember Austin Butler from The Carrie Diaries. He was okay in that. Maybe because he looked so much younger at the time. I don't know. He was cute in Carrie Diaries, but he definitely wasn't what he is now. The spray tan, the new style, the Elvis voice. He's fucking cute, okay? He's my fucking celebrity crush. Between him and Brenda Fraser, I don't even know who I would choose. They call me up, I'm running. I don't need, like, I'm on my way. LA, here I come. No questions asked. But if you fucking tell anyone, I'll deny it. Everyone is complaining about his voice. Would you shut the fuck up and let him sound like that? (laughs) He sounds fantastic. It sounds better than how he sounded. Let him sound good, please. There are some of us who like it. I don't care if it's bullshit. First of all, Madonna, <laughs> remember when Do- Madonna had a British accent? Does she still do that? <laughs> that is so funny to me. Anyway, I know why he, he still has this accent. I think it's for two reasons. If I said this already, forgive me for repeating it. I'm obviously very passionate about Austin Butler at the moment. <laughs> so let, let me just get my shit off. Here's the thing. This is one of my interests as well. Um, the way people sound, the way they talk, the way this runs very deep. This has been an interest of mine for a very long time. I don't know if you knew that about me. I'm very into the way people speak, um, where their accents come from, their candor, the way they use words. I'm very interested in all of that. So I was interested to find out about his accent. Because prior to filming Elvis, he sounded like a typical California person, right? I think that's where he's born and raised, California. Now he sounds like Elvis. (laughs) Now he sounds like Elvis on light, like light Elvis. (laughs) Now he sounds like diet Elvis. So I obviously looked up why, you know, why that may be. I had my suspicions. I assumed that it's part of his, it's part of his contract. So if you didn't know that when you sign on to a movie, it's not just you do the movie and the press tour. There's other things that go into it. It's like called a package. 
And part of the pack, there's like very little, there's sometimes there's little weird things in the package. And then sometimes there's things that are not even written down. That's just kind of like you do it because you fucking know to do it. Like if your agent is like, "Mm, you should be seen hooking up with the female lead. You know what I mean? You should be seen. So that's on your contract. But basically what your agent is telling you is go on a fucking date with the star of the movie, the your female lead, like the, the girl in the movie who is your girlfriend, you should go on a fucking date with her. Like that's what they're telling you without telling you. It's a lot of that. I assumed that Baz was like, keep the accent while we do the press tour. You know what I mean? Like maybe it wasn't written down, but it was suggested. I, that's what I'm thinking. Because it's very important when you want to win awards for your role to kind of show that that's how serious it is to you. What I'm seeing from Austin is he is on his shit. Okay. He got this role. This was his golden ticket and he was not about to fuck it up. And to me, I feel like you have to respect that. He got the role. He, 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 he wasn't about to flop. Part of not flopping and committing to the role to have the accent and be awkward in public, <laughs> because it is, it's like a little bit embarrassing. Like everyone, is no one talking about this? Like everyone knows this is not your real accent. What the fuck is going on? Like, I'm sure tons of journalists, podcast hosts, people in general, his fans want to be like, babe, what's going on? And I, I see the TikToks of aren't his siblings like, making fun of him because we know our siblings would be like, girl, what is this accent? However, I think the reason his family and friends aren't kind of making fun of him about it is because I don't think he's just putting it on anymore. Now, you know how there's, okay, let me try to explain this without getting jumbled. Elvis, there are tons of impersonators of him, right? Tons. You go to Vegas, it's it's like a thing. There's even people in real life. Pe- men loved Elvis. If there's some if there's one thing about men, they love following. Okay. They love it. They make something their whole personality. Sports, Elvis, cars, they love to follow. Andrew Tate. They love to follow. They love it. They find a man they love and they they can't give it up. They wear the jerseys with their name on the back. This is just how they are. There's tons of impersonators. So when you go to play the role of Elvis in a movie by fucking Baz Luhrmann and it's your first big movie, this is your fucking moment. The last thing you want to do is sound like an impersonator. You want to sound like Elvis because if he were to sound like an impersonator in the movie, that would be embarrassing. He would have flopped. We would have been able to tell it wasn't authentic, just like... Let's compare it to Marilyn Monroe. Did you see the, is it called Marilyn Monroe? It was on Netflix. Did you see the Marilyn Monroe movie on Netflix uh, played by Anna, what's her name? Anna DeMaris? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to butcher it, but I don't have a second to Google it at the moment. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. She has an accent. She didn't drop her accent for the movie. You heard it throughout the movie. And she, it just didn't fit. First of all, the movie was terrible, but it just didn't fit right. It didn't, it didn't feel good watching it. It didn't resonate as in like, oh my God, it's like I'm watching Marilyn. It did not feel that way. It felt like a bad porno of somebody impersonating Marilyn Monroe. 
That's the hard part about playing a role that is so incredibly famous. It's like if someone plays Michael Jackson and they don't literally take on Michael Jackson, it's going to feel inauthentic. In order for Austin to play Elvis and give authenticity, he had to be Elvis, right? How do you do that? You get a voice coach. Now, if you didn't know this, your voice doesn't fully develop until around, I think it's between 32 or 35. In addition, it's always going to change. It can change with stress. It can change with illness. It can change when you make it just like you when you go to a concert or if you go somewhere loud and you're screaming all night, the next day you're not going to have a voice. I don't know about you. If I get too tired or too stressed, I completely lose my voice. <laughs> by the end of the, if I worked all day and I was talking all day by nine o'clock, my voice is gone and I can't talk. If I go to a party and I'm talking too much, if which I usually am, if, if I'm doing anything where I'm talking too much all day, I do not have a voice by nine o'clock, I promise you that. I am raspy, I'm just cooked. You can train your voice, you can, you can fully change the muscles and over time, by the time I'm 35, my voice is going to be deeper. My voice is deeper now than it was when I was 25. If I compare YouTube videos to today's podcast, I'm going to sound different. And now because I podcast, I'm going to sound different by next year. We could compare them later. You could change your voice. If you literally wanted to sound like Elvis later, or if you wanted to sound raspy, or if you wanted to sing a certain way, you can get a voice coach and that could change. You can also get surgery. Like your vocal cords can change, right? He had to get a, a vocal coach because Elvis's voice comes from the muscle, it's not just impersonating. It's it's how the muscle moves within the vocal cords. He got a voice coach. He also did the method way of acting in order to become Elvis for the whole time he was filming. He basically did that thing where they, you know, the actors lock themselves up and just all they do is the character. Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. He read the books. He probably read personal items. He probably spent a lot of time with the family. He probably spent time at Graceland. He probably spent time with people who knew Elvis and watched movies, all of these things, and just practice and practice and practice like every single day to get the voice to sound authentic and not like a fucking impersonator. Now that the movie is over, that doesn't turn off. I would argue that he might need a little bit of therapy. I'm not even joking because think about it. Pretending to be someone so intensely and you're not them. And then you need to just go back to your regular life and let that go is probably very not only sad, but hard. Like you would have to somewhat mourn that time in your life especially if it was good to you. Like right now, he's doing his press tour to get these awards. He just won a Golden Globe. I don't know. Did the Oscars come and go? I guess I should know this. I'm sure he's going to have a little bit of trouble letting this go. And I think that's what the accent is. I think one, I don't think he can help it. This might be his voice. The way that he speaks, his candor, the raspiness. The raspiness isn't going to go away. If anything, now it's going to get worse with time. Just like Miley Cyrus. She expressed, um, first of all, love her new song. She expressed that 
her voice changed because of the stress of losing her house and getting divorced. She didn't just lose her house. She lost tons of personal items that meant a lot to, to her. Um, and to do a little crossover, she also lost Polaroids of Elvis. Like she just lost such special items that were given to her. She was so stressed she lost her voice or her voice got damaged. I think she needed surgery at some point. Austin's voice is going to continue to get deeper. Like next year, he's going to sound more raspy. It's never going to go back to how it was because he already purposely stressed his vocal cords. I think he even smokes as well. Um, I don't know if he smokes weed or cigarettes or both, but he smokes. He might have smoked to add to the voice because Elvis was doing a lot of shit. Like this was a very genuine, authentic way to create the character and it's not going to go backwards. And the reason I wanted to discuss it is because I find it so incredibly interesting, just like Miley Cyrus. Miley's voice changed. She's an incredible voice. She sings incredible, but she also sounds different. And I just like these things. (laughs) So thank you for listening to my TED Talk about Austin Butler's voice. I just love things like vocal fry, the way people speak. Um, I love like how we watch the Johnny Depp trial with Amber Heard and the way Johnny speaks and has you clinging on every single word. I just love that. I read books about it. I mean, please, you once you get me going, I can't shut the fuck up. So I wanted to talk about that too, because I just feel like people are ta- like critical thinking skills. You know what I mean? That's my model for 2023. Critical, let's, let's use our critical thinking skills. The reason he isn't dropping it is because one, I don't think he can. I think he'll always be raspy. And two, I think it's part of his journey right now. Oh, oh, before I forget. Oh my God. I talked about this. I think I posted it on the Big Sister podcast Instagram. I don't think it was on my personal. He, Austin fucking Butler did one of those actor circle things where all the actors stroke each other's fucking ego for an hour. I I think it was like on Hollywood Acts. I can't remember where it was. But anyway, the conversation about how he came to get the role of Elvis came up. And if you didn't know, he was in a 10-year relationship with Vanessa Hudgens. And it was Vanessa Hudgens who suggested that he play Elvis because I guess he was playing piano and he could sing like Elvis. And she was like, oh my God, this is you. You need to play Elvis. He recanted the story with other actors and he called her a friend, didn't say her name and said, a friend of mine. Meanwhile, it was Vanessa, the woman he spent 10 years with in a relationship. Now, the internet went fucking nuts because they were like, how can he call her just a friend they were together for 10 years? And then there was another internet who were, who was saying, saying a friend is nice. I had an opinion that I did not see, so I'm going to say it here. I think it's very likely that she said to him, don't you ever fucking say my name again. Don't you, I don't want to hear you say my fucking name in the press because no matter how you slice it, she's more famous than him. Maybe right now he's more relevant, but she carries more weight. She was in High School Musical and people love her. Like Vanessa's been around a long time and a lot of people only know about Austin because of Vanessa. And there's no denying that. He went on to date a fucking 20 year old. I don't know about you. Because I'm Vanessa's age, I think. How old is she? Is she 31? She might be 32, whatever. I'm Vanessa's age. Austin's Vanessa. I'm Austin's age. We're all 31, 32, okay? 
I think Austin's 31. I'm 31. I think Vanessa's 32. I'm not sure. But he went on to date a fucking 20-year-old. Ew. If I was Vanessa, I would have been like, don't you ever say my fucking name to anybody ever again. And if I find out you did, I will fucking drag you because I'm sure she has more connections. Like just because he had a huge role does not mean he has the resources and connections that she does. She's been huge for a longer time. She has longevity. Okay. She's still working. She owns businesses. She's doing good. I can't imagine that she said that to him. Also, I noticed that I think she's a practicing witch. Oh, yes, I do. I think she's a practicing witch. I think that she had a lot to do with the... All I'm saying is I think she had a lot to do with him getting Elvis. And I think he dropped her like a hot potato to revamp his look. And I also think that his relationship with Kaya Gerber, I don't think it's a hundred percent they're deeply in love um i think that it had a lot to do with the elvis role because elvis's significant other priscilla was like how much younger than him was she i think she i think it was the same ages like i think she was way younger than him i think she was also 20 when he was 30 and let's be for real i mean we've all dated someone older but it just it doesn't feel good. Think about it. If you are 30 to 35 right now, what could you talk about with a 20-year-old to have a relationship with them? And I know that Kaya is a Nepo baby. Her mother, Kaya Gerber is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Obviously, she's going to be mature in certain ways and probably be able to relate with Austin on certain things just because they're both in the industry. But all in all, it's very like she was literally a teenager five seconds ago. Like it just, it's just very icky. It's legal, but it's icky, okay? And I can imagine that Vanessa was very put off by this. I would be. They just broke up. They broke up not that long ago. They broke up when he got the role. It was like early 2020 and they broke up after 10 fucking years together. I think... I think he broke up with her. And I think she was disgusted by the fact that his new girlfriend is fucking 20 years old. I don't know about you, but I would be saying that. I would be like, don't you mention my name ever again. I, in fact, (laughs) I think I have said that. I think I have said that. If any of my exes want to step into the chat and let me know if I've said that to you, I think I've 100% said that before. I'm definitely that type of person. We break up, I'm denying it. If I dated a fucking loser, I'm denying it. I probably, I know that I do. Um, I've denied people I've been with. (laughs) I've definitely denied it. Like if someone asks me, oh, didn't you? No, don't know who that is. I am notorious for saying who, who's that? Mm, I have no idea who that is. I do that all the time. Okay. I can imagine that she was like, don't you, but we, she can't deny it because they're a famous couple. I can imagine that she was like, don't you ever fucking bring me up again. Do not use my name for clout. Do not fucking mention me. I will put a hex on you. Don't fucking talk about me. I can imagine she did that. I can also imagine there's been times where he probably reached out to her. Listen, you don't forget 10 years. He can be Elvis and swaggy and sexy and raspy all he wants. You don't forget the woman that you love for 10 years. I can imagine parts of that still makes him sick. Vanessa is fucking beautiful. Do you see her on the... Listen, Kai is very beautiful and I'm not going to compare women. But let's be for real. 
Vanessa is stunning. I can imagine that he feels sick sometimes. Um, so that's my point of view on it. I don't think it's, oh, he was being nice by calling her a friend or, or, and I don't think he should have said, oh, uh, my ex Vanessa Hudgens, uh, we're still great friends. She's, I don't think that's the case. I think she fucking forbid him to say her name. And I think that was the best thing he can, he could come up with a hundred percent. Also part of what feeds into my personal theory is that he don't post nothing on his social media. He especially don't post that girl. He doesn't like any of her photos over on her Instagram because she posts her work all the time. Austin is never in those likes or comments and she does not post Austin. I bet it's his PR people that call the paps on them or her PR people or whatever. But I think it's part of Vanessa forbid him and he had no choice but to listen because he's probably low-key scared of that girl. (laughs) I'm telling you, I think she's a practicing witch. I think he does have a lot of respect for her, but I think he's, this is all in my head and you're probably like, girl, go touch some grass. (laughs) But you know that I love to discuss pop culture and hot topics and my theories. This is my theory. I think she forbid him and good for her. I like that. Forbid your exes. Forbid your fucking exes from ever talking about you again. Take control of the fucking narrative. Because if there's one thing a man is going to do, he's going to trash it as if he made the choice, as if you lost out on him. And we just know that's just not the case. Okay? <laughs> we just That is just not the case. Um, oh, last one. And then we'll go into the main topic. Britney Spears. She recently had a meltdown. I don't know where she went to eat. I forgot already. But she had a meltdown um, in person. And a lot of people were like, she was speaking gibberish. And she had a a bipolar meltdown and blah, blah, blah. But who was taking the video? What I interpreted was she freaked out because people were fucking taking her video out in public. It's like nobody learned (laughs) the first time. Excuse me, I'm taking so much air that I'm like choking. (laughs) I think she had, I think, you know, I think I've said this before. She's not well, okay? She's not going to be well. I don't think she ever was. I think there's too many things we have not been made aware of. And I think also she probably needs a new diagnosis because we've come so far in women's health. Um... And I think this is what, I think she was triggered. I think having the phones out, I bet someone had fucking flash on and I don't think her husband ran off on her. I think her husband ran to go get the car. I think maybe they went out with less security. She probably thought, I probably had a moment of like, I just want to go be normal. I just want to go be outside. And then as soon as she saw the phones and some fucking idiots getting their flash out, taking a video of her, it's like, she's Britney Spears. You don't need to, it's not like, I understand seeing a celebrity and being so excited. Actually, (laughs) I take that back. I'm from fucking New York. We see celebrities all the time. It's not a big deal. Stop. Taking the fucking candid photos. Like, let the paparazzi do that. I can understand that being so incredibly uncomfortable. Stop being starstruck. You don't need to be starstruck. No reason to be starstruck, okay? I think it was dumb that someone took a fucking picture of her knowing how she feels, knowing what, because if you're taking a picture of Britney Spears, it means you know who she is and it means you know 
about her life. Obviously, don't take a fucking video. She probably saw the phones and freaked out. I don't think, like I've said before, I don't think she's well enough to be outside on her own. Do I think she needs to be in a conservatorship under her dad who was a con man? No, but I do think she requires additional help that most celebrities do not require. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, let's get into the main topic. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> what a segue, you stupid bitch. Um, oh, you know what? Let me take a sip of water. I wish I had um, a pistachio latte from Starbucks. Have you tried that yet? It is so good. It's my new drink order at the moment. Pistachio latte with almond milk. No classic syrup, just the pistachio syrup. It is so good. I love it. It's two shots of espresso, almond milk, pistachio syrup, and you add a little cinnamon. That shit gets me going, okay? I chug it so fast, which is not healthy, but it's so good. I've had maybe, (laughs) maybe four or five this week. First of all, it's way too expensive and I got to stop doing that. I just got to find pistachio syrup, I guess. I also need an espresso machine, but it is so fucking good. Try it if you haven't tried it. Okay. Um, the, t- the main guys were here the main topic kids and women deciding to not have kids and the shame that comes with it. So let me start this off because I'll get into the questions too, but let me start off with my first public shaming of someone shaming me for not having children. You're not going to fucking believe this, by the way. I still can't believe it as I recant it. I still can't believe this even happened to me. Um, and I'm not a very girly panic, overdramatic person. I'm not the type of person where things happen and I'm like voice noting my friend and I don't do all that. You know, I keep a lot to myself. I think you guys can tell I'm pretty private, right? This happened years ago. So this is not like a story time uh, that I've told a million people. I think I've only told my mom and maybe a friend or two um, about this occurrence. So it's, it's fucking, let me know what you think about this after I tell you. It's fucking baffling to me. I can't imagine where the fuck she got off saying this. So it was, I think it was 2016. I was out of ICU a week, okay? And I've told you guys this before. I was doxxed and people violated my HIPAA rights and shared my my personal information about the state of my health to social media. And the only reason I had made a video about my diagnosis was because of shit like this, okay? I was out of the hospital, like, I think it was a couple days. It might have, it literally might have been only three or four days. And I was already at the gym because the treatment for what I was, which I'll get into, by the way, because I'm getting way better at talking about it. Can you tell? I'll get into it. But the reason I was already back in the gym for this to happen is because the treatment that is required for what I was experiencing is steroids, okay? I'm talking about 
the most ever. I'm not talking about a fucking home script for asthma. I'm talking, or bronchitis, whatever. I'm talking about an IV drip hourly, like insane, okay? That the only reason I wasn't in the hospital is because I had a fucking breakdown and I think I started crying and flipping out and manipulating to get my way out because I just couldn't be there anymore. Like I was in there for a week on this drip. I didn't shower. I didn't do anything. I was just like in a state of disassociating plus on a heavy fucking steroid overnight. Okay. I wasn't, I think they tried, I think what they do is they give you a little bit in an IV drip and then work you up to the, the, um, heavy dose. And I wanted to leave. And they were like, your dose of steroids is so, I think I even needed a diabetic shot because the steroid is so high. It could, it could give you diabetes. That's how high. Okay. And I think I needed insulin and shit when I was there. Um, and I cried my way out of it <laughs> so I could leave. And they were like, okay, listen, we'll give you the home pills, but you can't miss a dose. You have to follow up, blah, blah, blah. All these instructions if I was going to leave. I agreed. I did all the things, whatever. But because steroids are so powerful, you have tons of energy. I didn't sleep for a very long time. I already suffered from insomnia, but because of the steroids at the time, you don't sleep. You are irrationally angry, paranoid. Just think about it like roid rage. That's how you feel. Your skin breaks out. You get puffy. And the only way I can somewhat relax was going to the gym. I had to work out. So it wasn't like, oh, I should have been rested and I was at the gym. I was still in recovery, still on this medication. And my only way of decompressing and trying to calm down without a counteractive medication like a Xanax or something was going to the gym. And it still didn't work. I would go to the gym and still go home and walk around the block for fucking miles on the phone with my mom doing prayer. Like, please, it was fucking insane. So to my point, I say all that to say, this is what the fuck is going on when I go to the gym and I bump into someone. I bump into someone from, okay, this, how do I say this? This person was friends with the person who shared my medical information on their social media. So she knew. And the reason why she approached me at the gym was to be like, oh my God, are you okay? What's going on? To my surprise that she knew, I was taken aback because I thought nobody fucking knew. I thought only me, my mom, my partner, my best friend at the time, and my job fucking knew. I didn't know that social media knew because I wasn't on my fucking social media, that's for sure. Um, I didn't know she fucking knew. And I didn't know that she would have that in her to like come up to me and talk to me about it, right? Like, I don't know how it is for other people, but if I think or know someone might be going through something life-changing and traumatic, I'm not going to run up to them at the fucking gym and be like, da -da 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 -da. like, obviously, one, if they're at the gym, they're probably looking to decompress. Two, if we don't talk, like, this is not someone I'm in conversation with often or even still talk. I haven't seen her in years. Like, I haven't seen this person in years, okay? And the first time I'm seeing you again, you are loaded with this information that was given to you without my consent. Anyway, so I was polite about it because, listen, 
as forward and sassy as I sound on the podcast and maybe in conversation with my friends or whatever or on Instagram, I'm very polite. I give people the benefit of the doubt because I have a lot of self-respect and I hold myself to a specific moral code. AKA, you're not going to get me fucked up. (laughs) Okay. You're not going to be able to say about me that I was fucking rude and I'm very polite. I knew in that moment, one, she's a dumbass. (laughs) I literally was processing in my head like, one, I cannot fucking believe this is happening right now. Two, I knew that this is more of a reflection of her and not me. Hold on. I got to check if I'm recording. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to lose this again. Okay, no, I'm, I'm still recording. Everything's fine. I knew this was a reflection of her and not me. Okay, I didn't. Like, please. It's so idiotic that I just was, she's older, by the way. She's, she's older. Okay. This is not someone my age. This is because I was like, what, 24 at the time. She was, she was in her fifties and oh my God, I want to fucking put her on blast so bad. (laughs) I do, but I just don't want to deal with the repercussions. I don't, I don't have time for it to be honest. Anyway, she came up to me. Oh my God, what's going on? Are you okay? You're at the gym. Wow. And then started to ask me about my relationship. Literally was like, well, what's going on with so-and-so? How come you're not married? Right there, I was like, what? That's going to, that pisses me the fuck off because how? So you acknowledge that you know what's going on. You acknowledge that you know the timing of what's going on. And you followed up with why am I asking why I'm not married. And then followed that. I said, well, I I think I responded with, that is not on my mind at this present time. (laughs) As you can imagine. And you have to understand that I am so, the way I lived in a state of feeling depersonalized and in a state of disassociating for years after this episode in the hospital, okay? So you can imagine that my responses are not what I would respond today. (laughs) So I think I very politely said, well... (laughs) Not really one of my priorities. <laughs> Not really a priority right now. <laughs> so then she followed it with, well, don't you want to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Okay. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Even recanting it, I'm like, okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. So you know what's going on, confirmed. Because I didn't, I sure as hell didn't fucking say it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. So when you know what's going on, you know the timing of what's going on. I haven't seen you in years. I already, I think I even said like, oh, I didn't know that you know. How did you, how did you know that? I think I even said, how did you know that? She confirmed how she knew that. Great. Great. Thank you for letting me know. To move on to also, oh, I forgot to give you this important detail. Also, she knows how old I am because her daughter is my age. Right? Okay. 
Just know that. She knows how old I am because her daughter's my age. Okay, great. How did you get from A to B? <laughs> how did you get there? How did you observe all of this information, process it enough to come up with me, come up to me in a public space like my gym, my safe haven, and get to point B of how come you're not married and when are you having kids? As if pressuring my fucking boyfriend to engage, to get engaged, or if that's what I was supposed to do at this time to, well, don't you want to have kids? Mind you, I just had conversations in the hospital about what this will mean for me as a woman. Okay. I was fucking baffled. Anyway, I said, well, I don't even, I don't think kids are for me. That's not on my mind right now. None of this is on my mind right now. None of this is a priority to me at all, period. <laughs> Point blank, period. None of this is a priority to me. I must have said that in in some way. I think I said something like, it, that's just not on my mind right now. And I said it with a tone of like, obviously. And then I said, my focus is, you know, working out and, you know, just getting day by day, just taking it day by day. And then we went our separate ways. I think she left the gym. I think she was le- she was leaving the gym as I ran into her and I was just getting there. Thank God, because I definitely needed a fucking workout then. And if you think I didn't call Cindy and ramble about this, I did. And my mother and I both know this person. She's never been the brightest, okay? She's not known to be the brightest there is. So this was not shocking, but it yeah, kind of fucking was. Because I also felt like, I also felt so, first of all, I was vulnerable. So I, anything I felt was going to f- feel dramatized times 10, right? Like if even without that happening, say if that was today, even I would still be annoyed, right? But because of the situation then, the state I was in then, I think it was it felt extra painful. It felt extra hurtful because I felt so minimized down to, I felt so shamed. Like it was with a tone as well. It wasn't very innocent. It wasn't like, well, some people, no. That whole fucking, well, some people are, no. That is done with, okay? That doesn't land anymore. It's not about the times. It's like common fucking sense. If she didn't know, I would have more patience for it. But she did know. I was so utterly, I just felt so, am I now worthless? Because I was already feeling worthless. That's the thing, right? And there's a point to this because this is not like a story. It's not just about me and a story time about this because we can get into this episode and, you know, how my diagnosis came to be and blah, blah, blah in a different time. But I was already feeling so worthless because I was just stripped down to nothing. My entire life changed. I felt ugly. I felt, I just felt like I am worth so much less now. I am so, I have no value to anything, to anyone. Just like the deepest, darkest depths of hell ever. I just felt When I said I'm taking it day by day, I lied because I was taking it moment to moment. 
it wasn't day by day. Day by day would have been a gift. I was taking it moment to moment. I was hanging on for dear life. The only thing I was trying to do was breathe and get to the gym. That, that was my only concern. That's the only thing I lived for. Breathe, get to the gym. Breathe, get to the gym. That was it. That's the only thing I could do. The only reason I went to work is because I had to make money. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have help. I didn't have a choice. No, like, what was I going to do? And I didn't want to move back home. I didn't want to move in with my mom. I didn't want, I, I just felt very, I need to live alone right now. I needed to isolate and heal. I needed to be alone and process what this was. I mean, not completely alone. Obviously, like my mom came <laughs> every weekend to take care of me and be with me and answer the phone, every single phone call. She was there. It's not like she, it's not like nobody was there. My mom was there with me. Okay. But I was hanging on moment to moment. I was fighting, fighting for my life because I, I, I couldn't believe what was happening. It was a shock. It was scary. I was exhausted. That's why I felt like I was fighting for my life. I was exhausted because on top of dealing with, okay, I need to process that this is what is going to be my life now. I had to process the feelings of being on such a severe medication and not knowing what to do with it. Because even if, okay, whatever, I got the diagnosis, fine. It's because of the way I got the diagnosis and the treatment I was on that caused basically psychosis. Like you feel fucking insane. Look it up. Look up the side effects of an insane steroid treatment. You feel fucking crazy. So these were just feelings that were, that maybe I wouldn't have felt if I didn't have the treatment. Like it was more than just being diagnosed. It was coming out of the hospital feeling like not even a human while you're in the hospital because you're treated, you're treated nice, but you're kind of like a specimen. Like you're in one room. It's not comfortable. A thousand doctors come in to see you every couple of hours and just poke and prod. And you just feel like a fucking science project. It just, it's, it's a, it's a crazy feeling. And then on top of it, your brain chemistry is literally changing because the steroids are so fucking intense. I've never felt like that in my life. I don't, it's my biggest fear now to ever have them again because it was so fucking intense. I felt crazy. Okay. So think about that. (laughs) I'm hanging on by a fucking thread and here this bitch is ask me when the fuck I'm having kids. What? You're joking. You're joking. That's a joke. (laughs) Like you're not being fucking serious. Oh my God. And I wish that was said to me today. Like I wish it was today. But of course now I'm stronger. I've, you know, we've come a long way since then. But what is the main idea here? You don't ask anyone that because you have no fucking idea what they're dealing with. You have no idea because maybe she saw I was in the gym, so I must be doing great. I must be fine now. It must not have been that serious, right? But the truth was, the only reason I was at the gym is because if I didn't go to the gym, I was going to be in grippy socks again in a mental fucking hospital because I like there was no other choice. It was going to be a breakdown or it was going to be find a solution and keep fucking going and fight and don't give up. So it didn't mean that I was okay and I was in a place of ready to have a conversation of 
why I'm now no longer valuable because I'm not married and don't want to have kids or can't have kids or won't have or whatever it may be or don't have them yet. It's because this was my only state of peace where I didn't want to throw it, throw in the towel. You know what I'm saying? These were my two, two hours of, I am okay. I am strong. My body works. It's not failing me. It didn't betray me. I'm going to be okay. And here this bitch is asking me why the fuck I'm not having kids. Like, <laughs> I learned so much in that conversation. I learned everything I needed to learn. Because if I ever asked someone prior, full regret, I learned everything I needed to learn from that about why you don't ask anyone that. And just in general as human beings about how you could see someone look healthy, sparkly, pretty, rich, happy. You could just see someone and think and know and have no fucking idea what's actually happening. Even as, not just on social media, but as they stand in front of you. As they stand in front of you, you could have no idea what is going on in their life. I learned so much from that conversation. Not just don't ever ask a woman when she's having kids, but just about human beings in general that you truly don't know what people deal with And not that they have to tell you, but just to mind your P's and Q's because you just, you don't know. You're never going to know. You don't know. No one owes telling you. And some people like myself aren't the type to wear their every ailment and stressor on their sleeve. So in addition to it being so incredibly fucking rude and stupid, it felt so invasive because that's the other thing too, I guess, because I'm an influencer, just you would assume that I love sharing everything. And that's also not the case. I'm incredibly private. I rarely tell anyone anything. Anything I do share publicly or with friends is probably the very bare minimum. Um, It's just the type of person I am. It's not personal to anybody else. It's just the type of person I am. So it was even more, it felt even more, I just felt so exposed. Like I just felt so fucking raw. Uh, Like, holy shit, how did you know that? And then I had to process, okay, so people know. Because that was the first time I learned that people know. (laughs) That was when I learned people know. Okay, people know. Great. Because I knew some people knew that weren't supposed to know by via text message and stuff. I didn't know this was a social media thing. I didn't know that it was doxxed and, and HIPAA laws violated. I didn't know that. And that was the first I was hearing about it. So now I didn't know how many people knew. I didn't know who else knew. I didn't know how many times this is going to happen. And then I just stopped leaving the house. I had to keep going back to the gym. And luckily, I didn't see her again after that. But as far as being outside, I was not outside. Not as sober anyway. Like, no. But anyway, you get the point. You don't know what people are dealing with when you ask them something incredibly personal, especially as a woman, because 
the value that is put into if a woman is married or not or has kids or not is just insane. And it's for no reason, okay? You are valuable. valuable? (laughs) You hold value whether you are married or not. You have value whether you have kids or not. Your friend who doesn't want to have kids, she still has value. That woman you know who don't want to have kids, she still has value. Oh, yes. The woman where her man never married her, she still has value. A ring, a wedding certificate, a last name change, giving birth. Those are great things when you choose to have them. Great for you. You don't increase in value. You don't. You don't increase in value. You also don't decrease in value when you choose to not have those things. And I think that's very important to make clear. And that is definitely something that I want to make clear because, as you know, this podcast is for my siblings. It's for you guys, of course, but my purpose here is sharing things that I've learned that I do want my siblings to know. And I want other women to know in case you don't have an older sister or sister or you don't have a mom or you don't have an aunt. And I'm, we've already discussed if this is narcissistic or not. Go back to episode two. But it needs to be said. And I'm telling you with fact, okay? Hear the conviction in my tone when I tell you. You still have value. And if you want to argue with me about it, and if you want to fight in real life, we could fight in real life. We could fight. <laughs> We could, I will fight you in real life. That's fine. I won't. But you, do you get my point? You still have value. Please do not let whether your fucking uterus gate held a child or not determine whether you find value or not. It's just not the case. You're valuable because you contribute to your family, because you contribute to, to your community, because you're a good, empathetic human being. Because you're not a piece of shit. Because you care about those around you. You care about yourself. You contribute to society. You do what you got to do every day. You're a kind and loving person. That's what gives you value. You're a pillar in our community of people. Because you're a human being. That's why you have value. And anything extra is extra. It's accessory. It's part of your journey. But you're not more valuable because you got a fucking wedding ring. No. And that's that. Don't let it hold so much weight that you think if you don't have it, you're no longer a precious person because you are, especially a woman, (laughs) especially as a woman, especially because you still contribute somewhere. You will still be someone's friend. You will still be someone's sister. You are still someone's daughter. You are still someone's aunt, cousin, co-worker. You are important to someone and you are loved by someone and that's why you're valuable and that's why you matter. There are people who still want you around no matter what. And those are the people who you hold close. And don't let anyone shame you in public because of what you don't have or what you didn't do or what you don't choose to do. Just as you don't let anyone shame you for what you did choose to do. 
this is not slander to people who did choose to get married. I understand the levels of which happens in our lives and the makeup of women and, and what we go through and how we're raised and the fairy tales and the princess movies. I understand how we get here to the place of where women are shaming other women for being married or not being married. I get how that happens. And I get why people want it. I get, I understand, I also understand the feeling of wanting to be a mother. Now let's get into why I don't have kids outside of this conversation. I, the reason why I don't have kids is not really because of my diagnosis. <laughs> I do say that sometimes. So when someone asks, when the, when the, not someone asked me because people don't really do that anymore. Um, but when they did and when the conversation comes up, I'll say a different reason every time. Oh yeah. I just make things up at this point because I have so many reasons. I have so many personal reasons as to why, but my personal reasons doesn't make me care whether you have one or not. I really don't. We're friends with people who have kids. And let me tell you something. We love those kids. We do. We think about them. We do the holiday shopping. We are there for the birthdays. We contribute to our community. We're great aunts. We're a great aunt, great uncle. Like we do the job, okay? He he might do a little better than I do. I know that. (laughs) If you know him in real life, (laughs) if you know him, if you know us in real life, I know he does a better job than I do. And, but we do, we contribute and we care. And I'm also a big sister. Okay, we're here for the kids. But our choice and my choice as a woman, I, it's just something I didn't want to do. And let me tell you something, I never did. I never did. That's why at this point I just make up different answers because there's so many answers. But I never had the feeling. And I bring that up because I think that is really important when people choose to have kids, especially women. Okay. This is going to be a long episode as you could tell. So I hope you're still hanging in there with me. If you did, please let me know. Also, if you fast forwarded to this, I completely understand because I talk a lot. And if you just wanted to get to this part of it, I understand completely. Um, I never had that maternal feeling of like, oh my God, I just want to hold a baby. I literally can't relate. I've never, ever, ever felt it. And there was a while there that I was like, oh my God, I'm something's wrong, isn't there? Because I have a uterus. Everything's working, babes. Everything is working. And I never had that feeling. Now that I'm 31 and an an adult and like have come on the other side of my Saturn return and have been through the depths of hell and back, I fully understand now why why I've never had that feeling. But I think that's really important to know. And especially if you're still trying to decide, okay? I've never had the feeling of like, oh my God, I just want my own little baby and I could picture her and I have her name picked out. I never felt that. Never felt it. I probably lied and said that I did. I probably lied. I definitely lied. I think I've told you guys that. I was telling ex-boyfriends that. I was telling, oh God, I was fucking saying it all. I was saying, we, we're going to do this. I never planned on having kids, honey. I, 
no, I am a fucking liar. I never planned on that. I knew from very, very young, I think around like 16, I was like, oh, I'm never doing that in my head. I swear to God, never felt it, never, never pictured in my head what my wedding would be like, never pictured in my head what it would be like to be a mom, never pictured it, never cared, wasn't interested, didn't have a Pinterest board at my wedding, none of it, never wanted it. And... For a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me because why? So everybody else is. It, it was, I felt like it was like everyone else that was a girl my age. That's what they cared about. Especially when I started when I was 18 and then 19, 20 and had boyfriends. And everybody's talking about it. I just started faking the funk because I'm like, <laughs> I can't keep trying to reiterate that I don't have the feeling or if I'm, I would just get off and well, I'm so young right now and but I never felt it. I never felt it. I just never, it was just never on my list of goals. I never saw it as a priority. I never put myself value in that. I just, I just always wanted to be my own person. I always wanted to keep my own name. I always wanted to be an individual. Like I just always, that's what I envisioned for myself, my personal goals as me as a human being. Now, um, then I thought, well, who would tell me that? I think my mom would tell me that. Years ago, she would be like, well, when you fall in love, that will change. <laughs> I, that didn't change for me. I did fall in love. And I've been in love more than once. It still didn't change. There was, it had, because I don't think it has anything to do with being in love. And I think also that's a huge misconception. And I think it's a huge, I think it, that leads to not the best plan. And I think that that's used a lot by people. Um, how do I want to word that? I don't think that's a safe thing to say. I think you should, well, my mom wouldn't say that now, by the way. Her opinion changed. If you ask her, she does not want me to have kids, okay? But th- this is years ago. We've all grown since then. I think now that's something dangerous to say to somebody you know, when you're in love, you should have kids. I don't think it's something that should be loosely put on other people or assumed anymore. For obvious, First of all, for obvious reasons, I mean, the world has changed so much. But just because now, I don't think there's a village anymore, which is one of my reasons. So um, where do I want to take this next? Okay. First of all, I never had the feeling, just never did. But then as I got to an adult and things got very real, obviously, you know, while I was going through changes and getting diagnosed and having doctor's appointments, I I asked, I said, well, what does this mean if I ever did want to have kids? Because I'm thinking, everyone's telling me, oh, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. Newsflash, I never fucking changed my mind. But anyway, at 24, I was like, fuck, what if I change my mind? What does that mean? And obviously they went through the well, we would do this, this, and this. There's tons of people like you who end up having kids, but blah, 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 and la, 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 like, you know, all the bullshit. And the reality is, one, people like me, if they choose to have kids, they have to go off of medication. And what does going off of medication mean? Okay. Two, people like me, when they're pregnant, 
they will feel the best they've ever felt because there's something about being pregnant that's like a natural fucking reversal of the illness. That's not appealing enough for me. (laughs) Three, when you give birth, it could be so hard on your body that you will go into another episode. And the way you recover from that is not guaranteed. That's not appealing, is it? So it did kind of add to my decision of like never changing. I never got the feeling anyway, but it added to my list of, oh, this was confirmation enough for me. It didn't make me like, oh, now I definitely want to have kids. Life is so short. No, no, no. It sealed the deal for me as in like, okay. Because I know the big thing is like, well, what if you regret it? What if you regret it? That sealed it for me. Because I find, I believe that it wouldn't just be a disservice to myself. It wouldn't just be a betrayal to myself to put my body through that after what my body's already been through. It would be a betrayal to the child. Like, think of it like, I think of it like this. I already love that child, right? The hypothetical baby that I never had. I already love that child so much that I do not want the child to have a parent who has ailments like mine, who can't 100% show up, who has this illness and would have to go through these things with me. Do any of you follow Victoria Paris? Okay. I already love, and not to say that people who make the decision don't love their kids. I could see how People go through something traumatic and it makes them want to have kids. I get that on the other end of the spectrum. But this was my reaction to my traumatic event. One of my traumatic events. It made me not want to because I can barely do it for myself. I still struggle with the hard parts of this for myself. I can't imagine doing it to my child. I can't. I just can't. And you can't convince me otherwise. And trust me, people do. It's the weirdest fucking thing. The amount of people who are like, but this, but like the endless fucking rebuttals as if I'm making the wrong decision because I don't know, I'm too young or whatever. No, that decision never changed. I'm 31 now. It's never fluctuated. There's never been a time in between where I've looked at my partner and been like, oh, but that would, it would be kind of nice. Would it? Never. It never crossed my mind. I like it how it is, and that's just another one of the reasons. And I also feel like it's another reason why you shouldn't shame any person who doesn't want to have kids, because think about it. This is just my diagnosis. But do you know how many women are like me who choose the same thing or have a different diagnosis and choose the same thing? I already have problems coming to grips with it for myself. Only this year am I doing better talking about it. Last year, the year before that, the year before that, I I can't, I couldn't, can't talk about it, couldn't talk about it, still struggle with it sometimes. I'm only now getting better. It's been seven years. I'm only now getting better discussing it, coming to grips with it, trying to swallow that, admitting to myself. Imagine having a child and trying to explain it to them. I can't do that. 
I can't. And also the fucking emotional fucking, <laughs> like the drama, hello, the emotional fucking drama that puts on a kid. Also being able to show up as a mother. Like I'll even say, one of my answers will be like, I just wouldn't be a good mother. And when people are like, no, yes, you would be. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Because when I am panicked and when I am overloaded with anxiety and overwhelmed, the world is all about me in my head. The world is revolving around me. The self-set, because, right? Anxiety is kind of narcissism and self-centeredness because all you're thinking about is yourself. Not in an evil way, but just in like, oh my God, the world is suddenly only in your head. How do you do that and be a parent? How do you do that and be a parent? The other thing is, I was already 24 when this happened. So I think of it as in, okay, what I have is long-term. It doesn't get better with time. So when when does the kid come? And how old will I be then? And how is this going to be down the line? Like I've thought about this over and over just because of the guilt of people saying to me, you'll change your mind, you'll change your mind, you'll change your mind. So even though I never did change my mind in the process of thinking about these things and being told the guilt about these things and being shamed about it, I did process these thoughts of, well, what does this mean down the line? Like, what would that look like? What would my life look like? What would I have to do? And every single time I process those thoughts, I came upon, I'm just not fucking doing it. (laughs) Don't want to do it. Can't do it. It's too much for me. Way too much for me. I knew I, I know I wouldn't be a fit parent. I know that. Based on that alone. Just that alone, just for my health reasons, wouldn't be a good parent. I wouldn't. Here's the other part that I wanted to discuss. When someone tells you they don't want to be a parent, leave it there. You could simply say, I respect that. It's very, it's a very challenging job because it is. It's extremely challenging. It's for the rest of your life. It's a, these babies grow up into human beings. The job is forever, Okay. Everything you leave behind, everything you do, every decision you made and will make will impact the child. Every single thing. It's a very challenging job. So when someone tells you, don't want to do it, I don't know, I don't want to do it. If they're even on the fence, discourage them. The only people who should have kids are the ones who are excited and looking forward to it and researching and planning and putting things into place because it is so incredibly hard to be a parent. The other part I wanted to tell you is witnessing how my mom handles these hard things with me showed me how strong parents need to be to raise kids because there's things you don't expect do you think my mom fucking you think when my mom was pregnant at 19 she expected this shit (laughs) you think she fucking thought that through no she was in love excited she wanted to have a baby she was excited to have me I she literally just gave me a bin of all my shit from when I was a kid (laughs) she took a picture of me every single day the first year I was alive she has everything from kindergarten every single fucking thing everything it's in a bin it's in my room right now 
She gave me everything. She kept everything. She loved, she loves being my mom. Loves it. She's such a proud mom. Do you think she fucking ever thought in her head she would be in ICU with her child? With what they told us? Do you think she thought that she would be taking her 31-year-old kid? Kid, I'm a fucking grown adult. Do you think she would be taking her 31-year-old to a treatment where I hyperventilate, drug myself? Do you think she would be, do you think that was on her plan? Do you think she planned on, okay, <laughs> this date. <laughs> okay, we got this in six months. I, I got to take off because she will eat enough edibles to sedate herself and not be able to walk or speak. I will have to fucking feed her liquids. Like, do you think she fucking planned that? No. But when you have kids, you have no idea what is going to happen. And obviously, you're not going to be ready. And your job as a parent is to be, you know, you deal with it when you get there. But you do have to accept that these things happen. And that's also what I think about. You don't know what is going to happen because I know that my mom did not know that that was going to happen. And she de- she deals with it great. She never breaks down in front of me. She stays very strong. She's got all my paperwork aligned. She knows my health insurance stuff and gets everything approved and talks to the doctors. I could fully trust her with my medical information. She knows everything from A to B. She knows every fucking MRI. She knows all the results. She knows the blood work scans. She knows it all, right? And she does a fucking, oh my God, incredible incredible job. I wish a Cindy for all of you in your life should you need it. There is no one better. There is just no one better who can handle situations like this, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I feel terrible that this is on her plate as a mom. On top of having other kids. I have siblings, by the way, if you didn't know, (laughs) if I didn't say it enough. Could you imagine though? Could you imagine? She made it all the way to her oldest being 24, moving out on her own, successful job. Oh my God, I did it. Not a teen pregnancy. She, we made it, we made it, we made it. And then this fucking happened. Like that right there also taught me everything I need to know about parenting, the realities of parenting because of how much my mom had to go through with just me. Just me, even though she's got other kids and goes through their things as well. It is so much. It is so heavy. It is such an incredibly difficult job. I can't imagine. Listen, we all know how much I love Cher. If a fucking vet looked me in the face and told me there's something wrong with her, let me tell you, sedate me, okay? (laughs) Get the drugs out immediately. Hand me the tequila, sedate me, put me to sleep, put me down, put me down because I'm not going to be able to handle it. I can't. I can't imagine actually having a human baby, this little thing in your arms who you could kill yourself for, that you will literally blow up the earth for. Your only reason, everything, everything, everything you love, the whole universe exists for your little baby, right? And they look at you and tell you something is wrong. I can't fucking imagine, okay? And a lot of people don't show up for their kids when this happens. 
Notice how I said my mom was there. There are parents who can't handle when shit gets rough. They're told it's going to be like this. It's it's so much fun. Oh, it takes a village. You'll have a village. There's no village, babe. Me and my mom do this alone. There's no village. There's no village. And there wasn't a village years ago. And there what she's been through other stuff and there was no village. I think a lot of mothers have their baby and realize there's no village. And listen, if you have one, I know parents who do have a village and it it's beautiful. It's like a movie. Everyone's there to support the baby. The baby's happy and healthy and gorgeous and 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 will be there. We're part of the village and it will always be there, we'll always help. Some people don't have that luxury. They don't. And sometimes you don't find out that you don't have that luxury until you have the baby. And I believe it does take a village, but I just don't think we have those anymore. I don't think we have a society where that's sustainable. I don't think we have the funds to make that sustainable. I think so many things have happened that don't feel right where people aren't People don't have enough to extend to others, right? You can't give if you don't have. You can't give money if you don't have money. You can't give time if you don't have time. And I don't think we have a society where people have those luxuries anymore. I mean, eggs are literally $14. Like, it's out of control. So how does, how do you manage that without a village? That's one of my reasons. I believe that there's people where when you're pregnant, they're all, oh my God, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. We'll help, we'll help, we'll help. And I believe people switch up. I believe that things change between the time that women are pregnant to when they give birth. And maybe the people who said they were going to be there found themselves in difficult situations. There's so many circumstances to things that I I like to believe that everyone have has the best intentions and it's just not that easy. Going back to my gym story where I do believe she had the best intentions, but she truly didn't know the type of pain I was in, that I was fighting for my life. The only reason I was alive is because I did not want to hurt the people who loved me. I didn't want to give up because, and I don't even think my suicidal thoughts were genuine. I think it was stress-induced. I think it was drug-induced, meaning the steroids, like medication-induced. I call medication drugs, so don't don't be alarmed. <laughs> I think they were just stressed, like so overwhelmed and so in so much pain and, and so betrayed and so hurt by having my information put out there. I was just exhausted. It felt too painful to exist. She didn't know that. All she saw was I was at a gym. I was working out. Everything must be fine. Right? Young girl at the gym. She looks great. Oh, everything's fine. She had no fucking idea. That's the thing. We don't know what people go through. So even though they have the best intentions of wanting to be in your village and contribute, because I see a lot of things like, oh, you'll know who your real friends are once you have a baby. I get that because let me tell you something. You'll know who your real friends are once you get sick. (laughs) I get all that. I do. You have to remember that being on the other side of it, I could tell you people have the best intentions, but it's not that easy and things come up and things change and you never know what people are dealing with. And it's hard to be in someone's village when you don't even have one. 
right? I can't contribute to somebody else's village when I don't have one. That's why I say I know that my partner's a better uncle than I am an aunt because I'm also dealing with my own, treating myself. I have to be there for myself so often. It's hard for me to show up for others as I process things that I've been through. I would love to be part of a village. I find myself this year wanting to be part of more communities and working my way into that and still having days where that's difficult for me, still having times where it's hard for me to even keep up with friendships. Imagine trying to contribute to a village. Like if I had a sister who had kids, I don't know, babe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm, I'm really lucky that my siblings are young enough where they haven't started that chapter of their life. They also express that they also don't want kids, which I fully understand, where I don't need to do that yet. People don't have enough in them at this point to contribute. So I don't fault anyone for not having a village. You know, how many times am I going to say village? But I don't fault anyone for that. But I also believe that they have the best intentions. Like I have the best intentions when I say I want to be there, when I say I want to show up, when I say that I care. And when I don't physically arrive or when I'm not physically present, it's guaranteed it's not you. And it's all me. (laughs) It's all me. It's the weight of the world on my head. It's me being self-centered and in my own head and scared and and stressed and whatever fucking bullshit is going on at hand. And I think when people say, I don't want to do it, I don't think a rebuttal is really needed because unless you are confident or the mentality of hell or high water, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to commit. I'm going to be there no matter what happens to this child no matter what comes up down the line, I don't care if they're 50 and have illness, I will be there as a parent. I think that's what you need to hear. When you ask someone and they don't give you an answer other than definitely, I'm excited to, no matter what fucking happens, no matter what fucking gender, no matter what comes down the line, I don't care. I'm going to be that kid's parent no matter what. And I will be that team leader and I will do everything it takes. I think that's the only answer. And I don't know if that's controversial to say, but to me, it's the only answer that makes sense. So if I don't, if someone doesn't answer you with yes, (laughs) yes, I want to be a parent. I'm excited to be a parent. I'm going to be there no matter what, no matter what religion they choose, no matter what, I mean, unless they're a fucking murderer, that's different, but you know what I'm talking about. As long as they're a good human being, which will also take what you do with your kids, As long as they're a good human being contributing to their society in a positive way, I will fucking be there by their side. I will be their best friend. I think any other answer is just mm, not good enough. (laughs) Not good enough. And you don't need to rebuttal. Because I've heard this recently. I said to someone, everyone knows I don't want to be a parent at this point, right? But as you can imagine, once we got share and we became helicopter pet parents because he's just as helicopter as I am. Obviously, people are going to be like, oh my God, you sure you said I don't have kids? The other thing we also hear, which I think is really silly, it's a compliment and I appreciate it, but it's like very silly. It's like, oh my God, you guys are so gorgeous. You'd have a gorgeous baby. Stop. Stop trying to make pretty kids weird, okay? Aside from that, Because we baby her so much, I often hear, you would be such a great mom. You would be such a great mom. Listen to me. I love Cher, okay? I would do anything on this planet for her. 
There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I stress this constantly. She is the love of my life. She runs my world. She is my world, right? But if a baby was easier, I would have a baby. A puppy is easier. And this came up on my Instagram as well. What is easier, a baby or a puppy? And I've said, don't even be silly. And I said it for this reason, knowing the knowledge that I have, knowing what my mom goes through with me. Even though she does a great job, even though she never complains, she never complains about it. She's never made me feel bad about it. She's never made me feel bad about anything. She's never guilted me. She's showed up for everything and been on time and ready, okay? She's driven in the middle of the night to get me. You name it, she can do it. But I'm still very aware of how challenging being a parent is because you don't know what can come up. A puppy and the challenges they have, I can handle. Okay, I can handle that. That's also why I chose that. And I didn't get a puppy because I felt like I do want to be a mom, but a puppy would be easier. No, I just wanted to have a puppy because I was going stir crazy, working from home, not having a companion. I don't have many friends here. I don't have much family here. You know what I mean? I needed another breathing body in the room. (laughs) I didn't know that I was going to love her the way that I do, which is another thing. (laughs) Listen to me. I love her to an unhealthy level. I can imagine that loving a child, I can imagine that me having a child probably would feel the same or more intense. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is um, something silly I believed was that gatekeeping of you'll never love anyone like you love your child. I believe that, but I don't believe that's true for everyone. Because I think if that was true, we wouldn't have so many kids in foster care systems I think we would still have some because there's unfortunate things that happen where parents lose their kids and it's really not because of something they did. But I think there's more than necessary because that whole, oh, you're never going to love anyone like you love your kid. That's not true. That's not true and it doesn't work in every way. That's not true. I think that you can adopt and love that child as if you gave birth to it. I think you can have a pet and love that pet as if you gave birth to it. I think you can have siblings and love those siblings as if you gave birth to them. I don't think mom, and I'm sorry if this feels disrespectful in case you did give birth. I think that giving birth is a high honor and I think that it's definitely challenging, but you, but think about it. There's people who give birth and don't give a fuck. It's not the pain of the giving birth that made you a great parent. Okay, so let me say that first. It's your ability to have empathy and show love and be loving and being a good parent that makes you a good parent. That's what makes you a good mom because of you, because of who you were before you gave birth. Not because you gave birth. You were already that incredible. So I think that if you can't have kids for whatever the reason may be, and you want them and you have to get it, you have to have a child in a different way, whether foster or adoption or surrogate or any of those things, you're, you're going to be a great mom. You are. You're going to be a great mom. And if you just want to have a puppy, going to be a great mom. 
because of who you are as a human being. The pregnancy, the birth part, those are, I respect that a lot. I know personally, I'm not about to do it, okay? (laughs) But you would be a good parent anyway because of who you are as a human being. Um, I had more to tell you. Hold on. I know this is really long because I had a list of like all the reasons, <laughs> reasons I don't want kids. Oh, okay. Another reason. Something people love to throw shade and say is, well, you know, he wants kids. I never really share my personal life about my relationship, but um, a lot of you know me in real life and you'll know that you probably do know this. My partner, I just hate saying boyfriend because it's like I'm fucking 15 we're grown. He's my partner now. My partner, great with kids. You would never know he don't want kids. (laughs) You would never fucking know. Let me fucking tell you something. When we're around kids or we're at a baby party or like whatever, he's with his nieces and nephews and whatever. He's bopping those kids. He's buying gifts. He's involved. You would think he would want to have tons of kids. You've all been swindled. The reason he is so elated and involved and happy to be a part is because when he comes home, there's no kids, babe. Cher is very quiet. (laughs) She's very quiet. She's easy to love. She's easy, okay? She's sleeping right now. Do you hear her? She's not bothering me. She's sleeping. And I post that she's fussy sometimes, but I take care of everything. He does a lot, right? But I'm the primary caretaker because he's out working. I'm in the house. It's easy here. This is very simple. This is within our boundaries. This is something we discussed. People love telling, well, you know, he wants to have kids. I'm going to give you a little bit more big sister advice. Simply put, if he wanted to, he would. Okay. I know he loves me. And I'm sure there's tons of men who love their girlfriends and their wives. But let me tell you something. When a man wants to have a child, they have one. When a man wants to do something, they do it across the charts, good and bad. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? You telling me some dumb shit or telling any woman some dumb shit like, well, you know, he wants to have kids. Please respond with, if he did, he would. Meaning our situation wouldn't be the way that it is. Men are more decisive than us. No matter what they tell you, that's often why they make the the decisions that they do, whether it be rational or irrational, they are way more decisive than us, okay? We have so much empathy that it makes us indecisive because we think about all these feelings and how other people are going to feel and how they're going to deal with it and it makes our, our decision process slower. They don't think like that. They don't think like that. So he might show up as a really great uncle and friend, but trust me, when a man wants to, he would. You don't even have to question. You don't even need to say some weird shit like that to me or anybody else. So when somebody says that to you, and I even said this on my Instagram story, when someone says that to you, you tell them if a man, he's a man, if he wanted to, he would. Point blank, period. And if your partner wants to have kids and you don't, I suggest ending it there. Because the sad reality is when you have that baby as a woman, that baby is yours. And I know that is so harsh to say and it comes off so controversial and I know we're so deep into this podcast. (laughs) I'm coming 
for Joe Rogan spot, <laughs> the longest podcast ever. Um, that baby is yours. That baby is yours. And I obviously, if you're married, I know how custody things work. Question me. I, I could probably answer everything. I know how those things work. But woman to woman, that baby is yours once you have it. And there are way too many fucking cases of men fucking up while their wives are pregnant or after they've given birth and leaving them with kids. That it just, no fucking way. And the thing is, okay, it's like, oh, well, you would know if your partner, no, 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 no. I don't believe that. I believe something happens when the reality of, actually being pregnant and actually giving birth changes the partner and the changes the men. I do. I believe it. I believe it because there's no way this many women thought their partner would be a great dad and a great husband and then they were wrong. Something was not truthful. <laughs> Something was not clear. I think, oh, she was bugging out. Somebody's at the door. I think that they changed their mind on the way there. And because they didn't give birth, because they didn't carry the baby, they don't feel the same level of responsibility that the mothers do. They don't. To me, that's a big reason. That was a big reason way before I even met my partner. I think I realized this when I was a teenager and I just knew that and it was subconscious in me and it was something I would observe and see in other couples and other families. I know a lot of broken families. I know a lot of broken homes. I know a lot of broken people. I knew this early on and it was enough to convince me that it's really not worth it to even have a child with a man. This was a thought I had before my partner. So I had already made these decisions before I met him. I went into the relationship with these decisions made, with, with these on my deal breaker list, that kids are not an option. It's not an option. I never want to do it. And if I, obviously we we're together so long now, obviously we've re-discussed this. And I think I've said before, like, well, what if I change my mind? And he said, if you must know, I know you're dying to know. He said, then we'll get a surrogate because he as well, and which I love when people say this shit to me, like, oh, you know, he wants kids. He has said to me, then we're getting a surrogate because he fears what would happen to me if I was pregnant. So, oh, you think he really wants to have kids? <laughs> That's the other thing too. You don't know who you're hurting when you say certain things. I can imagine that bringing up my circumstances with my health is probably really hurtful for him. And this goes along with the kids thing as well. Obviously, they don't say it as much to him, though, because you don't say it to the men. I'll ask him after we leave a party, like, hey, did anyone say anything to you like about like this and that? No, they never fucking do. They say it to me, though. The woman will always get the questions of, you don't have kids? How come you don't have kids? This happened, I think, last year. I was at uh, a family party and some like a distant relative, not really a relative to me. She asked me in front of everyone. Well, doesn't he want to have kids? And I think he was in the bathroom. And I just looked at her like she was so stupid. Like, what? Like, first of all, you literally just asked me that in front of everyone. 
you're trying to embarrass me. Second of all, everyone in this room is not as dumb as you. They know me. And I gave the same answer I just gave you guys. I'm sure if he wanted to have kids, he would go have kids. But obviously when we decided to be in our relationship, he was aware that that was not going to be on my menu. And not, I didn't tell her this, but again, not that anyone needs to know the circumstances of your relationship, but obviously I've discussed all this with him. Like, oh my God, people assume the weirdest shit. Like you think I'm just sitting here wondering if he's upset we don't have kids or like sitting here wondering, what the fuck? No, most people in their relationships discuss these very serious (laughs) topics within the first couple of weeks that they're dating. We We discussed kids on our first date. Our first date, I was like, oh, no, that's not for me. (laughs) Okay, I'm taking a sip of water. I discussed pretty much everything that was on my thing. I did just want to answer questions only because I hate um, if I ask you stuff on Instagram and I don't address it. Do you hear I'm losing my voice and getting sloppy? Okay. Let me get to the questions. Oh, a mom wrote, I love my daughter so fucking much, but having kids is totally overrated. I think it's very, okay, parents... I don't know if anybody shames you for feeling a way about your kids. I'm not that person. I don't, like if my, my own mother has said to me, don't do it. Do I think she doesn't love me? No, I don't think she regrets it. I don't think she should be shame. What the fuck is going on? I don't think she should feel shame. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. I mean, we're almost done here anyway. Yeah, I'm still recording. I don't know why she's freaking out at the front door. Should I check my camera? Yeah, because I'm not getting up. Hold on, guys. Hold on. If you're still listening, oh my God, I owe you like a million dollars. Oh, it's Amazon. Duh. All right. Um, I think it's very healthy for moms to address that. Wow. One, this wasn't what I expected. <laughs> Overrated. Not loving it. I think that you should express that. And I don't think it makes you a bad parent. I think it makes you a healthy parent. I think you should go into parenting with, especially if you're already a parent and maybe you feel new things or learn new things. I think part of the stuff you should teach your kids is being very fucking real, okay? Teaching them that not every decision you make, you're going to love. Because, oh, fuck, I meant to say this earlier because I, I love saying that. Okay, when people say to me like, well, what if you regret it? What is wrong with regret? I have tons of regrets. Do you have regrets? I have tons. (laughs) I have regrets of things that I'll never even say out loud because of how much I regret it. And I live with it. I'm fine. I'm okay. I've fully made peace with that I have regrets. I avoid some things because I don't want more regrets and I do some things because I don't want more regrets. I don't want to be 80. Well, God bless I even make it that far, but I I, I don't want to be 40 and feel like, oh, I should have done this, right? So I'm going to do all the stuff that I think I can do, but I'm okay with being 50 and never having kids and looking back and like, oh, fuck, I should have had kids. I'm going to be okay. 
because I also know that I'm 31 now and wish I didn't do certain things when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s. I have a list, okay? I'm okay. They were huge things, huge, life-changing. My life could have been really different and I wish I didn't do them, but I did and I live with it and I'm fine and it's okay. I made peace with it. You put it to bed. It's, it's okay to live with regrets. It's okay that if you're in your 30s or if you were in your 20s and, and you never got to have a kid and you're going to be fine. You will find new joys. And I feel like that whole like, oh, you're going to regret it. Don't let that shit get to you. Because what they're not saying to you is you will find new joys. You will find new joys. (laughs) You will. I promise you will. There are regrets I have that still break my heart to this day. Several. I have, I made decisions that I have huge regrets about. But I do have new joys that I look forward to. I'm excited about this podcast is one of them. I look forward to talking to you. I look forward to sitting here. I look forward to editing it. I look forward to the opportunities it's going to bring me. Share is a new joy. I look forward to being with her, learning new things about being a dog mom, taking her to a grooming appointment, grooming her myself, training her, bringing her places, spending time with her, going on walks, sitting in the grass. I look forward to it. You find new joys. Like I said in the beginning, your only value will not be if you have a child or not, no matter what people tell you. And if you can't or you couldn't or you don't want to and you feel some type of pain in that, you'll find new joys. And whether or not you had kids, you'll have pain somewhere else. That's the other thing. You'll have, you might have kids and fucking regret that. I have a lot of messages of parents who regret having kids. It happens. It's very human. It's very natural. It is what it is. Sometimes things don't turn out the way that we thought they would turn out. And you deal with it because that's what the fuck life is. Life is not a fairy tale. Life is not, oh, you're going to have kids. It's going to be perfect. And it also doesn't owe you for it to be perfect. Life doesn't owe you a perfect ending because you decided to have a child. That's just not it. And I feel like that comes up a lot. Like, I I always heard, aren't you going to regret it? Aren't you going to regret it? First of all, I'm 31 now. I still don't regret it. I regret other things and I'm still okay. I'm still going to look for new joy. I'm still going to prioritize myself. I'm still going to, I'm still not going to give up. I made it this far. I'm not going to give up now. Are you going to kill yourself because you regret it so much? Like, you probably aren't. You're probably going to look for more joys. You're probably going to use that time and contribute to somebody else's village. Or maybe you end up adopting or maybe down the line, you're meant for something greater, right? Or, or maybe not greater. You don't want to measure that, but meant for something else where, where in the end you're like, oh, that's why I didn't have kids. Maybe that's why, because I'll tell you what, I was only, I was almost married at 18. I was almost married again at 19. I was almost married again at 20 (laughs) and at 24 sitting in that ICU Right then and there, I was like, ah, yes. This is why all of those things didn't go the way I thought they would go. Right? Because what if I had a child and that happened at 24? Because that's the way things work. That was going to happen either way. 
things are going to happen no matter what. Okay. And sometimes we can't explain everything and you're going to have regrets. So what? Join the club. It's going to be okay though. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. I don't think there's enough people telling you that you're going to be okay. If you have regrets, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. I wanted to answer because I, re- I read a good question that I was like, oh, yep. I want to answer that. Someone wrote, you can compare dogs to kids. Kids get easier, dogs don't. No, I don't think that's true. Oh, the pity look. Yeah, I get somebody wrote um, the pity look in your 30s when you don't have kids or a husband. I get that look all the time. And my mom told me that too. She was like, they feel bad. Like people feel bad. She wasn't shaming me. She was just cluing me in that like, that's what goes on. That's what people talk about. Like when you're a parent and they... because there's different conversations. Moms have a different conversation outside of the conversations they have with non-moms. So she was just cluing me in. But I see it on their faces when I'm like, oh, no, we're not married. Or no, we don't have any kids. I see the pity-ass look. <laughs> um, oh, somebody asks, what are the pros and cons of choosing to not have kids? Well, I really couldn't think of a con personally, but that's because I processed my decision over and over again. I've, you know, in the past decade, I've unpacked that decision and I've processed it. And I only feel pros from this decision. I've only benefited from this decision personally. It's only been easier for me because I don't have kids. Anytime I think about something, doing something risky or taking a risky move, which I've done a million fucking times, I think, well, I don't really have kids. Like the repercussions are only on me. My decisions are only on me. I'm not going to impact anybody else. And then other pros as well, like freedoms and um, traveling and moving. And when I'm scared about my health, I don't need to think about, I do, I do get concerned about the people who love me, but I'm sure it's not as I'm sure it's not as intense as when you're a parent and you think about what it means for your kids. I couldn't think of any cons. The only con I thought of recently was because my mom gave me the bin with all my stuff and I was looking through everything and thinking to myself, these are so beautiful to look at, but what what do you keep them for? Because I don't have kids, so now where do they go? I don't have anyone after me that's like, gonna give a fuck about these baby pictures (laughs) and then I was like well you don't know that like you just don't know that you know maybe my siblings will want them and maybe they'll have kids and maybe their kids will want them maybe there is someone that I haven't met yet or um maybe maybe someone else's kid we're real close. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know because I know I've met a lot of people in my life that probably didn't expect to meet me and I care about them a lot. And if they leave me their baby pictures, I would love to have them. Like you don't know what happens in life. Um, That was the only con though. And do you think that con is enough <laughs> to convince me to literally carry a child and risk my own health? It's not. 
if, and if the baby pictures go to the trash after I'm gone, I understand that as well because I've already lived and I got the privilege to be here. And I got the life experience and I've lived every day. Well, not every day. It's hard to be grateful every day. But I knew the value of how delicate this is. And it's okay, you know. I'm grateful my mom saved me the pictures. I don't have to I don't have that responsibility anymore. <laughs> I don't have to save any I don't really need to save any pictures anymore, but that was the only con I can think of. Everything else feels like a pro. Everything else feels like a pro. I don't feel that void. I just don't feel it. And maybe share fills a void that I didn't notice. I don't really know, but I only felt pros. Um I'm going to wrap it up because this is really long. And I hope you don't hate me. I hope if you don't kid you, I hope that if you have kids or want kids, you're not like, bitch, fuck this bitch. <laughs> I hope you understood what I meant about everything. And I hope if you're on the fence, this gave you some clarity from somebody who dealt with who, how do I put that into words? I feel like I had experiences that enlighten me to how delicate life is. And I hope that sharing those experiences helps you navigate this huge decision a little bit easier. And I hope that also I gave you a sigh of relief that if you felt you lost value because you couldn't keep a baby or you had miscarriages or you decided not to have kids or blah, 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 whatever it is that you are childless and felt bad about it, I hope you feel better now because I value you. I don't judge you. Listen to me. If we're ever in person, we ever speak or whatever it may be, I'm never looking to see if you're engaged, never looking to see if you're married, never looking to see if you have kids. If I ask, it's merely for conversation because I probably ran out of shit to say. I do my best to talk about other things. I don't value you because of what you decided to do with your body. I value you based on how you treat the people around you. And if you have a child and you're treating the child right, I probably put you high up in value. But I don't just value you because you gave birth. I value people based on how they treat the people around them. I'm not judging you for your decisions. And I still think you're an incredible person if your only job is being a mom. Because I think that's the only job you should have being a mom. I think being a mom is full fucking time and you deserve millions of dollars for it. <laughs> I My mom deserves to be compensated. You deserve to be compensated. I want to give my mom millions and millions and millions of dollars. I want to buy her the big house down the street that's for sale. I want to get her 47 G-Wagons and send her on a million vacations. Mom's deserve so much. Okay. So don't get me fucked up thinking like, I don't know. I'm just telling you that if you couldn't do it, it doesn't mean that you were not as good. That's not how that works. You're still a good person because you're a good person. That's it. And if you're a mom, you're a good mom because you were always going to be a good mom because you're a good person. Okay. So I hope that was I hope you learned something from this. And if you are my sibling and you're listening to this in the future, I hope this was helpful to you. 
Okay, guys, I'm going to go. I think I should eat something because I'm getting a little lightheaded. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Curse me out in my DMs if you don't agree with me. And um, let me know what you want to do next. What was I thinking next? I don't even fucking know. We'll talk on Instagram. Okay, I love you. Stay well.